Okay, if I could encourage you to take a seat. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're obviously still eating croissants, aren't we? Good morning. Good. It's good to see you all. It's a great morning. What a celebration to celebrate Caleb's baptism. And uh, you're really welcome here today. My name's, my, name's, my name's Matt. My privilege to speak to you today. If, you, if you've got a Bible, could you turn to Acts 2.42? There are some Bibles around uh, you may have one on your phone or whatever. Act, turn to Acts 2.42. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. It says, I'm going to turn this around. You're going to need to see this. This is our, uh, our banner. There we are. Look at that. There we are. So Acts 2.42 and onwards says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, say together. Together, together right? Had everything in common. They sold property, say they. They sold property to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet, say, together. Yeah, you see the theme? In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes, ate together, together, say together, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all, all the people. And the Lord added to their number, added to their number. Say, added to their number. Yes, yeah, so you've got this together, and you've got there being added to their number. So there is a group that are together. They're being, and, and people, yep, that's great, Phil. He's, that's it, enthusiastic. And they're being added to daily, those who become Christians. And what we've been looking at over the last few weeks, although we didn't last week, we did a, a message uh, because of the death of the Queen. We did a message around that. But over the last few weeks, and next week we finish, we've been looking at a series called Devoted, talking about what kind of church we want to be, a devoted church, devoted to the kinds of things that are mentioned here in this scripture we've just been looking at. Devoted to the apostles' teaching, that's to the Bible, like we're doing this morning, learning from the Bible. Fellowship, that's what I'm going to be looking at particularly this morning, that weird word fellowship. What does fellowship mean? Uh, you know, it's a funny word, isn't it? We don't use it, you know, often, very often, use it very often. When was the last time you said to a friend, hey, fancy some fellowship? When was the last time you said that? I don't know. Breaking bread, that means eating together and remembering the death of Jesus Christ for us. And to prayer. And as I say, tonight we've got a prayer meeting. If you can make it, we'd love you to be devoted and come along if you can. So this is the kind of church that is set out for us in the Bible, and the kind of church we want to become. And today, as I said, I'm particularly focusing on fellowship and what that means and what it means to be devoted to that. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had many 
interests through my life. I, I've been passionate about things for a period of time that I then uh, gave up on, right? So for example, I was passionate about skateboarding. Anybody else into skateboarding in their, in their lives? Yeah, Bill? Yeah, skateboarding, yeah. I was into skateboarding for a number of years. I would skateboard every single day with my friends, injuring myself most days, not eating enough, not drinking enough, just kind of focusing on, I was totally obsessed with it. I was into break dancing as well, and no, I am not doing any. <laughs> oh, go on, oh, go on. No, just call the ambulance prior to the whatever I do. No, it's, it's all in the past. I, I was into, and again, every single day, and my dad used to bang on the, it was literally like a car, he would bang on the ceiling with a broom, say, stop banging around. And I'd play my hip-hop music, which he didn't understand whatsoever, like, what, that's not music. And um, I was really into it. I'd go to my friend's house every day. I was absolutely focused on it. And, and, and that's been true of lots of things. And I'm sure that's true of you, right? You've had things. Maybe you've been to football or, or, or some other thing. You've really focused on it. Devoted. I was devoted to various things for a period of time. And then it faded. I want to say this, though. When, when I came to know Jesus Christ that Caleb was talking about today, my devotion and passion for him was something that has never faded. Since 1991, I became a Christian. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I gave my life to Jesus, and my passion for him and for his people as well, the church, has. and I remember about a year after becoming a Christian, I still remember this thought, because I'd done, I remember going to judo, for example, for about two weeks, that kind of thing. I was really into it for about two weeks. You know, and I remember I start things, I stop things. That's what young people do. That's what we all do, actually. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I am still passionate about this. And, and, I, and I don't think, you know, I, I, go, I, went, I started to go to church every week. Never went to church before in my life. And I went to church every week, and I went along to prayer meetings and various things that would have been really weird prior to becoming a Christian. Suddenly now, I am devoted to it. And I remember thinking how surprised I was with myself that I was still enthusiastic about Jesus and church and things like that. That's because the Holy Spirit had changed my life. And if we're, a Christ we're Christians today... The Holy Spirit has changed your life. And, and of course, we can lose our passion for Jesus to some degree. And we can lose our passion for the church to some degree. Of course we can. But today, God wants to bring you back to a passion for him, but particularly fellowship for his people. He wants you excited about the church. I know it sounds like excited about the people of God. Excited about your family because that's what the church is, your family. He wants to bring our hearts back to love what he loves. And he loves, hands up if he loves you. Yeah? So that means, what should I do toward you? And what should you do to each other? Love one another. And that means being together, not just some sort of vague idea. 
it means being together. It's, it's got to it's add up to that. And when we re- read in our scripture today, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. Fellowship means lots of things. But, it's not behind me, but fellowship, quinonia, in this context means being together. They were together, together, the reading, right? They were together, they were together, they were together. People added to their number, they were added to their number. They were together, they met together. It was about being together. And there's a sort of a, a, a law here that when you, what you invest your time in, you love more. So if you want to, if you are losing enthusiasm for anything, just, have a, just do it and you'll get your enthusiasm back. And it's true for the church that if you invest your time where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you, if you invest your time in, in, in one another, our heart for each other grows, doesn't it? Our love for each other grows. As we know each other more, we love each other more. And that takes time. It, it just does. You can't, it's like we had our weekend away recently as a church. And the reason, one of the reasons, we've had COVID, haven't we, recently? We had so much disruption to community. And ma- many of us got out of habits of meeting together. Many of our relationships got, got more distant. And the cords that bind us together got, got weaker. And we've been working as a church to try and encourage fellowship. So that's why we've been doing our together evenings. So that you can be together. That's the reason why we did our weekend away. And we're going to be doing another one this or next year. So that we can be together. Because we know that being together creates love. Creates love. Deepens our love for one another as we know each other. So we're talking about fellowship today. I've had many interests. You've had many interests. We've got, we've, some of those interests come and some of them go. But with God and his people, that passion should burn brighter and brighter and brighter in our lives. And may it be that when we're, when, when I'm, and you are older, and I don't know how old you are this morning, but I'll talk to you young people, okay, you youth this morning, okay. When you are older, when you get older, losing your hair, when you get there, may your passion for Jesus and his church be greater than it is today. Your whoop whoops and all that clapping and all that, May you be, may you not sort of go into some kind of retirement from church and from his people where you're you're kind of living life away from the church and away from his people. Because God has a vision for you to give your wisdom to the people of God, to give your strength to the people of God, to to give who you are and your years of experience to the people of God. We need each other in that sense. Loneliness is a big problem, and, a, and a, a, a BBC, what was called the Loneliness Experiment in 2018, there, I could talk at length about it, but they, they found that 40% of all 16 to 24-year-olds, 40% of 16 to 24-year-olds would say that they were lonely. We often think of loneliness as being f- maybe for older people. And their research found it was actually younger people who felt more lonely. But it's also true to say those over 75, it was 27% of people. So 27 in every 100 felt, on average, lonely. And 40 in every 100 
young person un under the age of 25 for felt lonely. That is massive. And that's a mission for every one of us, isn't it? We want to build a church that is family in which loneliness, it shouldn't exist here. There should not be loneliness here. And we need to work hard and, and be devoted to fellowship so that we can build family and community here. We can't all know each other. As you know, Jesus had some of his disciples he was closer to than others. And it's going to be true for you. You can't be best buddies with everybody, but everybody should feel connected and ha having ever deeper relationships with one another in this church. And so you need to play your part. I need to play my part. We all need to play our part in giving and receiving fellowship so that loneliness and we can be a light to those around us who do feel lonely. And that's many people. I just read to you, didn't I? They devoted themselves. This is, they devoted themselves to fellowship. What's God's will for us? That we are devoted to fellowship. It's very, it's very, it's very simple, but it's not easy to apply. And the longer, and again, I, I could talk to young people as well on this. The longer you go on in life, the more habits and more structures and circles complicate your life. And I would encourage you, if, you are, if you're a young person here this morning, to set your heart on devotion to God and his people now. And let that be a golden thread that runs through your life. Because if you wait till you're 50, 60, 70, before you, and then you say, I'm going to now start being devoted... How are you going to make that time out of all the commitments you've already made? It's hard to do it. And so for every one of us, in our situation, wherever you are, how are we going to be devoted to fellowship? The Holy Spirit, when we become Christians, when we become born again, Jesus says about being born again, when you put your faith in Jesus, so when we saw Caleb go down into that water and come up again, it was symbolic that Caleb has died. Thankfully, he is raised and he's a new creation, as his granddad said. A new creation in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit now lives in him, symbolized by baptism. That's what Caleb is. And if you've ever met a baby, you know they've got appetites for things, hugs, and for reassurance, for connection, for eye-to-eye -eye contact. They've got appetites for milk, nourishment, and being born again means you have new appetites that the Holy Spirit has put in you, and to be very simple about that, if you are born again, you have a new appetite to love God's people. By this, how do we know we're disciples? How do we know we're Christians? One, one of the way, obviously, it's through faith in Christ. But one of the ways we'll also show that we're disciples of Jesus is that we love his people. Because the Spirit of God, you raised your hand, loves his people. So therefore, I must love his people. And you must love his people. And how do you love his people? Time. Time, we will rock you. Thank you for that wonderful, uh, that's right. Um, time, devotion, 
to being with his people. The Holy Spirit, the word devoted, it says they devoted. That means to attend constantly. It means to persevere. It means to continue steadfast in. May that mark me and you, devoted. Devoted. Not like judo or, or, or some other sport, some other club that you've been interested in, but, but to attend constantly to. To be, to persevere, because you're going to need to persevere, aren't you? Because, as I'm going to say later, you're going to need to, we, we need to forgive. We need to get over the fact that people hurt each other, particularly when you're closer. You know, the closer you get, the more open you are to being hurt, aren't you? That's why we often keep our distance. Devoted. That's what the Holy Spirit wants from you. The fruit of the Spirit, firstly, is love. That's right. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And that, 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 just is, that doesn't really mean anything unless it means something, as in giving my time and attention and kindness to you. To be, to be academically loving is... is you know, Jesus says, as I have loved you. And what did Jesus do? He spent time with his disciples. He laid his life down for them. He served them. Devoted. The Holy Spirit needs to move us. The Bible says, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Well, on this particular thing, how am I going to keep in step with the Spirit? Well, I'm going to be devoted to you. How are you going to keep in step with the Spirit? With with your church community, if this is not your church community. Caleb said that, you know, he had to make a decision for himself to get baptized, didn't he? He had to make a decision to follow Jesus. It's a choice you have to make for yourself. He made a decision to be baptized because he became convinced that it was the right thing to do. I love what you said, that I may then help other people as well in their journey. That's such a wonderful uh, thing to say. So already, Caleb, I can see fellowship is in your blood, as it were. You said, I want to help others in their journey. Well, how, how am I going to help others in their journey? How am I going to help you in your journey? I've got to be close to you, haven't I? I've got to be in a relationship with you. I can't just be everywhere else. I've got to be committed here to, your, to you and your, you in your local church. And in this regard to fellowship, no one can make this decision for you. You've got to choose for yourself. The Holy Spirit, I believe, the Word of God teaches it. Jesus says, a new command I give you. What does he say? A new command I give you. As, as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples. So, but, but you got... Jesus commanded it, you see. He's, he, it's in his word, and we, 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 need to re we can respond to it or choose not to. And all I can do is teach this, and you and I need to be open to the, the, the work of the Spirit in us. Will we respond through the hard times and difficulties that it's going to take to be committed and devoted to fellowship? The Holy Spirit loves his church, you see. 
God loves his church. And if we are his children, we will love his church. Again, not in an academic sense, but in a real rubber-hitting-the-road, serving one another sense. Costly sense, because the love of Jesus is seen in the cross, isn't it? As I have loved you. How has Jesus loved you? While I was a sinner, Christ died for me. Not while I was a good person. Jesus didn't serve me because I was all sorted out. Jesus didn't serve me because I loved him. Jesus didn't serve me because I had my act together. Jesus served me when I was dead in sin. And he says to you and I, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And of course we love the world, but today I'm talking about fellowship. I'm talking about love for the local church and your local church. It's got to be specific. When it says they devoted themselves to fellowship, it doesn't just mean generally speaking they were good friends with everybody. It means they were devoted and loving to their church. And uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't, of course we should love the world. Part of our vision is our community, serving our community, right? But we need each other to encourage each other in our Christian faith. The Holy Spirit loves this. And my main idea this morning is this, let's be devoted to being family on purpose. Let's be devoted to being family on purpose. So firstly, we're family. Family. Let's remember, what are we? Family. Say it, family. Yeah, family. We are, we've said it, born again. That means we are new creations. What are we? Children of God. If, and if you don't know Jesus yet, if you receive Jesus, you become a child of God. Not only are you a child of God, you are also thrown in as well, two for one, brothers and sisters with other Christians. So you get in a family. And that's when I first became a Christian. With wonder of wonders, I was in a family of love and kindness. Now, it wasn't perfect by any means, nor was I perfect by any means. But I was in a family. And that's our new identity, guys. That's what you are. Jason and Ruth are celebrating their son's baptism today. They are so bowled over, I'm sure, that Caleb has chosen to follow Jesus for himself. It's, the, it's a parent's, if, if you're a Christian parent, it's your greatest ambition for them, isn't it? That they would love Jesus and serve him through their life. Particularly if they then say, I want to help others to do the same. I mean, that's just like extra, isn't it? It's the icing on the cake. But why are they so, uh, I mean, we're all bowled over, but why are they particularly bowled over? Because they're family. Why are grandparents here today, chosen to be here, made the journey? Because they're family. You see, when you're in a family, you do things for each other. And I know, there's not, I know most of, some, many of us could say, oh, my, you don't know my family, all right? But the fact is, you know because of the ba how bad your family is. In some ways, you were taught the lesson of how it should be, right? Because you know it was wrong, okay? But a good family celebrates with good things and is bowled over and shows their love. Can you imagine if I said this morning to, to Jason, hey, Jason, where's, 
Where's Dan? Where's Danny? Hey. You would just imagine if he wasn't here. I said to Jason, hey, Jason, where's Dan? And Jason turned to me and said, Dan, is... Oh, yeah. We had that other son called Dan, didn't we? <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of him. But Ruth, have you seen Dan? And Ruth goes, I won't do the accent. Poined, that's the only word. That's a pound, by the way, poined. <laughs> that's the only word I can say. I was going to say that's the only word I can say in Irish. <laughs> Forgive me. But anyway, what I'm saying is, imagine Ruth then said, oh yeah, Dan, didn't we leave him in Thorpe Park last year? And there's Dan, still in Thorpe Park, living, living off the streets and begging, going around, going around Thorpe Park in rags going on the roller coaster for the hundredth time. No, you don't do that, do you? You know, Dan's here this morning, aren't you, Dan? He's here. Yeah, he's here. And we don't, we do, I mean, we don't forget and we don't lose, do we? We, we, our family are precious, ideally, precious. We're the family of God. And I know it's, I, I know it can be hard, but may the Holy Spirit teach you and I to love his family like he loves his family. That, that's how he wants to move our hearts. And he needs to help us to do that. So we don't neglect one another. And we do care for each other. You're children of God. This is what 1 John Three says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Yeah, that's what we are. You've been adopted into the family of God. And a very practical way of a simple thing I want to encourage from all members of Community Church Putney is to be in a community group. Because we've got, to, we've got to somehow find, a, this is a method in a small groups where we can be devoted to one another and get closer to each other and support each other. So if you want to get closer to your brothers and sisters, join a community group. Or start a community group. Be devoted to it. And this morning, Helen... Is, if you would like to join a community group and you're not yet in one, please do give your name to Helen. If you'd like to explore leading a community group, give your name to Helen. If you know, for example, none of the groups that we run fit in with your work patterns, just imagine that's the case. It's not unusual. Well, why don't you start a group that does meet in, meet and fit in with your work patterns? And why do it? Why do it? Not because... Because you want to love your brothers and sisters more in a practical way. That's why we do it. Because this morning is all well and good. But if, if, if you really want to confess your sin to each other, which we should be doing, how are you going to do that with it if, unless you know Pete someone? I need support. In my, my, I, I struggle with sin. Do you struggle with sin? Do you, do you ever sin? What does the Bible say? Confess your sin to one another. Well, when are you going to do that? If I said to you, turn to your neighbor now, confess your sin to each other, what are you going to do? Yes, that makes me feel very comfortable. You'd be like, uh, uh. 
I dropped my toast this morning. You're not going to say anything serious, are you? You've got to be close to each other. And, that, and you do, we, we do that through community groups. It's a good way of doing it. So please do start a group or join a group. Give your name to Helen. And through this month, we're going to be shutting down or adjusting our WhatsApp groups in our current groups so that they reflect people who actually go. Okay? Because we want people to attend groups. This is our vision. Be in a group. Go to a group. Because it's good for you. Devotion to fellowship is good for you. It's good for us. I'm going to talk to Rachel Floyd now about her experience of being in a group. Welcome, Rachel. She comes up. Hello, Rachel. I'm going to give you a microphone that's also going to record, I trust. Hello. Great. So, Rachel, I'm just going to ask Rachel a few questions about community groups and community life and her experience. So, when and why did you first start attending a community group, Rachel? Okay, um, well, I first joined this church back in 2004 uh, when I came here as a student. So um, I came and then very quickly was invited to a student and 20s community group uh, run by the wonderful Jason and Ruth. Um, and yeah, it was great just to be there, to be in a place that wasn't the CU, but a place where I could be looked out for and uh, meet people and grow in my faith. Wonderful. I thought you still were a student, you know. Oh. Look like <laughs> How long have you been leading a group? Because you lead a group, don't you? How long have you been leading a group? And why did you choose to do this? Yeah, so uh, I lead a group alongside my husband, Nev. And um, we were reflecting on this. We've been leading a group for about 10 years. Um, wow. And we, we were first asked to lead a group. Um, and I thought, oh... I want to lead a group, and then just felt, I think, just what you've been saying, yeah, I want to do that. I, I love the church, I love God's people, and I want to use the gifts that God has given me to encourage others, and so, why not? So. And how have you benefited from being in a group? Or? How, how long have you got? How have you? How long have I got? <laughs> how long have you got? Um, I mean, so, so many ways. Um, I was just thinking, actually, back to when I was a student, um, I came, and being in a community group, I mean, I had some friends at university who went to the Christian Union, and, like, that filled their week, and I was like, you know, I'm going to do both because I want to be somewhere where there's that leadership, and people are going to be able to really speak into my life, um, which they really did. It's where um, Nev and I were in that group before we got together, and then we got together, and actually, in that space, we asked the advice and counsel of people like our leaders and people in that group, what they thought about us being together, what they thought about us getting married. Um, you know, we've had people really speak into big um, changes in our lives. Um, but also, I think, not in the most obvious way. I think sometimes I've fallen into that trap of thinking, oh, I want to come go to a community group and have my needs met, and then felt disappointed or let down by people, like you mentioned, um, because... People don't always live up to your expectations, or you don't always get what you want, and the people might not be quite what you want. Um, and actually, being in a group has really helped me to take my eyes off myself and to, you know, I've, I've just constantly been convicted that this isn't just about me and about 
going to you know, have a nice group of friends that I would normally hang out with, but about meeting other people and getting to know the body of Christ um, in all its diversity and its beauty, and that actually when I take my eyes off myself and think about how can I serve these people, that that brings glory to God and that benefits me. Um, it's so much better for me when I come to grief and I'm just thinking about myself to actually uh, think, no, actually, I'm not the only one with issues and things going on. How can I think about that other person? How can I love them? How can I serve them? Um, and there have been so many ways, just a few practical examples, that I have been so loved um, and served so wonderfully um, in my group um, and in the wider church too. Uh, particularly over this last year, it's been a really challenging year. I got quite sick and was bedbound for three whole months plus. Um, and yeah, the danger could have felt really isolated and really lonely and just really, really, I mean, I did feel down, but I could have felt so much worse. And that so often when I was in that place, I was thinking, wow, how do people do this without being in a church family, without being in family? Um, because when I was lying on my bed, just feeling so awful, I could still just log on to my um, community group and uh, offload to them and cry um, with them and they would love me and listen to me and pray for me. But, you know, it wasn't just that. It wasn't just logging into a group just, just for an hour a week. They, they, like you said, they gave their time. They sacrificed time and again for me, bringing me meals, not just once. This isn't just like a nice meal writer where it's like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a meal and two weeks later, that's it. No, time and time again, and not just people in my community group, many of you just bringing around meals, serving us practically, like family, taking our children, coming and washing up our dishes, uh, cleaning our house. Um, and, and not only practically as well, that there are people who have walked through far greater um, trials and illness and chronic illness than I have ever known who reached out to me and have comforted me with the comfort they have received themselves and encouraged me. And they know, I know that they really know what it's like um, to real, really struggle with their health. And I have been so blessed by them. There's been people who have used their gifts the person who has a gift in leading worship, and he reached out to me and said, it occurred to me that you must be really struggling not coming to the building and being able to worship with your brothers and sisters. Why don't I come round and lead us in worship? And, and they came to my bedside and sang truth over me. And I felt physically so weak, but I tell you, spiritually so strong. After they left, I felt like, wow, I feel so empowered and strengthened because that person has, yeah, like our battle cry um, is a real weapon against the enemy in, in just song. The person who, who came, you know, said, I'm coming at this time each week and regularly came and, and brought bread and juice and would just bring me to Jesus, bring me to Jesus and say, let's break bread together. Let's just um, remember him and I mean, so this is what this is what community life is, and this is you know I've been so be I've benefited so much, and I I didn't want to be ill, but I mean I have 
deepened relationships and just people have really, um, yeah, I feel closer to people. You know, the person who just would cheer me up by leaving me um, voice notes of just what they're doing in their day. You know, just really practical, wonderful expressions of friendship and love and service and sacrifice. And um, I, yeah, I feel so grateful and I want to be able to do that more for, for others. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. That's great. Thank you. That's it, really. It says it all, doesn't it? And if you're you're feeling, well, I'm not experiencing that closeness. People aren't reaching out to me, which can be your experience. I understand that. But there's two ways of responding. We can respond by walking away, or we can respond by moving closer and investing. And that's what God would want for you. Come closer to the people of God. And very practically, getting a group get in a community group, be devoted to it, reach out to people, serve people, love people as you have been loved by Christ. The band's going to come up. So my message this morning, very simple one, let's be devoted to being family on purpose. That's what fellowship is, it's family on purpose, it's family on purpose with a purpose. What is our purpose? To know Jesus and to help others to know Jesus. That's what, we, that's what fellowship is. It's family on purpose. We're not just family. We're not just caring for each other. We care for each other so that we become better at reaching others for Jesus. But let's also do it on purpose. Do it on purpose. Nothing, nothing good is built by accident. No one falls up a mountain. If we want to build that vision that the Holy Spirit has painted for us, it's going to take hard work and precious time. So let's be prayerful. Let's plan. Let's push aside things. Remember, every yes to something is a no to something else. Every no to something gives you an opportunity to say yes to something else. If we, if we keep saying yes to everything, we will just be so frazzled. We, if we're going to actually be devoted to building family on purpose, we need to learn to say no to things so that we can make time for, for God's vision for his church. So let's stand together. Let's worship together. Let's come to Jesus.